we have to do all the like caregiving. We have mm-hmm. to do the cleaning, the cooking. Yeah. We have to work our jobs. Yeah. And then we also have to be sexy because <laughs> yes. they yeah. might leave. What the hell do they have to do? <laughs> Hey, ladies, and welcome back to Perspective. And what a sight I got joining the call with you today, Jess. You are <laughs> pantsless. So I see, yep. I see the move is going well because I can see you um, in your apartment yeah. and stuff is everywhere. Um, yeah. Well, we were really good. Um, everything was pr- pretty much put away and organized yesterday and then you know, just when we like sit down, like ah, on the new couch, turn on the new TV, and we hear like this massive boom crash, which obviously is never a good thing that you want to hear coming from your closet when there's no one else and... in the house. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> so lo and behold, the whole closet like rig flew off the walls, and I was like, "What? How the fuck does this happen?" And of course, upon like closer examination, the whole thing was put up with two fucking screws. And I'm like, who? <laughs> what would possess somebody to install it with two screws? Anyways, I like. So you're mad at the contractor, obviously. Yeah, I was like, well, I obviously should be a contractor since I know probably more than two screws will hold up like a huge. I th- what is it like seven feet long or eight feet long the length of this closet I don't know it's a huge long rod and rack with a shelf on it anyways I'm not explaining it properly but I just know I would have done it better <laughs> of course you would have and I mean there's so many things that could have happened that you know thank god you don't have small children a or small animals. I was just gonna say a small child could have been sauntering around right underneath that rack right at that time and been smothered in all of my clothes <laughs> and I would have just came in and found feet flailing or even worse like <laughs> not moving <laughs> oh my god that's so morbid it is so morbid and that's where my head went and I'm like okay hey, why is my head going here when there is no small child here <laughs> like, like oh my god a small child I'm like what small child <laughs> But I mean, you. that's your maternal instincts kicking in. So like that you know, must be that's yeah. obviously what it is. Um, but you're <laughs> right. I mean, anything's possible or, you know, eventually you'll probably have a little puppy. Things could have gone Hopefully. very badly if that happened. So that contractor if or my whoever, puppy got crushed by my clothes, which are like my other baby. If one of my babies killed my other baby, I would like you would have just found me flailing on the ground. <laughs> Not pretty, contractor. Not pretty. If I presented all these scenarios to him, he'd be like, ma'am, take your pills. Maybe you should write them an email and just say, scenario one could have been. (laughs) I don't think you understand the magnitude of the situation. He's like, okay, so but what really happened was no small child or puppy was injured and your clothes just fell on the floor. Okay. 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 But that's not the point, no. Yeah, well, other than that, point. though, the move has been great, and your apartment looks so good, and I can't wait to come see Thanks. it in person. So for everybody that's I been know. listening, Hurry like, up. Jess is in the final stages of just, like, getting everything organized, right? So 
Yeah, well, after today, so, like, while we're recording, I sent Ian out to get better brackets that require more than fucking two screws. Um, and I've, <laughs> I'm, like, to fine. To prevent I'm any like, child or puppy deaths. Any. Like, I can't have that on my conscience. And so I'm, like, literally, I want you to, like, hang from the hooks in there. I want to use all your body weight and make sure these fucking things do not come off. Because, oh, and then something else. Every time I hear a sound, I'm, like, did something else fall off the walls? I'm, like, all traumatized, PTSD about... All my stuff flying around. <laughs> Only you. I know. The, and so, okay. Yesterday, I, I, you know me, I'm handy, I'm crafty. I built my own plant hanging shelf, which I'll show you later. And so it's hanging. But then I'm like, oh my God, I put my, like my very beloved wandering Jew plant on it. And it's like, it's the best plant ever. It's huge. It's grown. Like this thing is like, all of my friends are envious. Everyone that's seen it is envious. It's so big. And then I'm like, oh, my God, am I trusting the shelf to hold my other another baby of the mine? shelf this that plant? Jess built? Yeah. <laughs> but that so I'm like, this this could potentially fly from the ceiling as well. So anyways, no, I'm just I'm getting your paranoid. paranoid is, yeah, getting a bit much. But you know what? That's what, actually it's so funny that you brought up plants because I was thinking about that the other night and how we are very, very different. Like you as you know i have multiple fake plants in my home because i, I can't my actually care for living plants <laughs> i i have a my husband says justin's like you have a black thumb like yeah. what is wrong with you <laughs> and just to break it down like my artificial plants are alive and thriving i just have they to are say. very happy <laughs> so green and luscious um <laughs> Oh my god! My fake pl- or my real plants, on the other hand, the palm is dead. Um, the black other and dead. plant, yeah, the palm, the palm in the uh, spare room is is dead. Uh, it's still in there. It's a corpse. Um, but the <laughs> why keep that? Because uh, I feel like I can bring it back to life somehow. Maybe oh, you can yeah. come help me. <laughs> but the plant I have in a the feeling that room thing's gone. Is alive. Mainly because Justin feeds it and waters it. Um, the little baby palm that is in my son's room, my five-year-old takes care of it. And it is just <laughs> thriving. Like, it has grown so much. Like, he cares for it. The one plant that <laughs> the other living plant is some form of a cactus, I think. I have I put it in a pot on my wall in the living room. You know where this is. And yep. I have never thought about it since that day, maybe when we moved in five years ago. It is growing at yep. an extremely fast rate. It's falling out of the little hanging <laughs> pot. And I've never so, shown it one ounce of love the day since the day I potted it into this plant so that just that is the rule though that is the trick people kill plants because they over water it they give it too much attention leave them alone i did leave them alone it's dead some of them okay i'm okay let me let me be specific palms (laughs) and other tropicals like actually do need water succulents and cactus they need water but like so few and far between you're better off to just forget about it and be like oh shit when was the last time I watered it? Okay, well, here's some water. And they'll be so much happier than if you're there every week. Like, I love you, baby. Drown, 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 drown. You know, so just leave them alone. Well, I guess our listeners weren't expecting to get like a plant lesson, but that is like a very quick <laughs> overview of how to care for your plants, people, if you're like me. My thing is, though, I keep humans alive very well. 
I was just going to say, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. If you had killed your plants and your kids by neglect, <laughs> then we'd have something to talk about. If but my like, plants you're are keeping dead and humans my alive. Collapsed on my collapsed on my kids, then <laughs> we're just, it's bad over here. Then it, we're, you probably should like put down the microphone and like go deal with that. Um, but <laughs> give yourself a bit more credit. You're raising actual humans. Um, I judge you a little bit about the plants, but like at least the kids are alive. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for your honesty. <laughs> Maybe we should show our listeners like Lauren's plants versus Jess's plants because you live in borderline a jungle over there. Like, yeah. So see all of your it's actually hilarious. Plants. My boyfriend's best friend's girlfriend. Um, every time I go to her house, I'm like, oh, my God, I love your plants. And I, they look so beautiful. But then my boyfriend sent a picture of my one of my plants to her that she has and she's like okay so I saw Jess's plant and was she mocking me all those other times because (laughs) what (laughs) and it was just the funniest thing ever because I love all plants but my plant is just doing so well (laughs) well come help me because obviously I I need it but um in other news outside of horticulture (laughs) we so you have a Brittany tidbit to share which just is quick small but quick but we haven't had it in a while so I feel that our people need to be updated yeah no it's just obviously we're starved for any oh sorry I have two um one of them is she may or may not be collaborating with the Backstreet Boys for a song which I don't want to put too much amazing if that's true yeah and that's, that's what, what I mean I don't want to put too much emphasis on this because what if it's not true and then I've like teased you all and for the best case scenario and then the worst case scenario is that it just doesn't happen. So I don't want to like jump to any conclusions, but like guys, it could be possible. It was on Insta. So I feel like it's, it's possible. Okay. <laughs> well, there's so many things wrong with that sentence. Um, <laughs> As I was saying We don't have it, time like, to get into no, it. No, it's not. <laughs> makes, this makes no sense. Um, and the next thing I read was... It was confirmed that her Instagram account is not led by her personally. It is led by her team, who is managed by none other than her dad. So, again, not sure if that's true, but a little if it is, which we all kind of think it is, because what the fuck else is going on over there? I, but I, no, I have to stop you right there. I don't know if that is better. So, well, because he's just trying to true, be like, look, she's fine. Yeah, but you know, like someone, she still has to make. Was she forced to make those videos? Like someone holds up a sign, read well, maybe. this, and do weird dancing, and like look like you know the yeah. friggin' crack whore on the corner with your black mascara running down your face and your extension showing. Well, like, maybe that's Brittany, her point. I love you, but like if that is some your caregiver trying to sh- depict <laughs> that you are fine, forced depiction. They are the worst at this. Because you don't look fine, you don't sound fine, and you don't act fine. So he needs to you know take, what? like, a class in, like, I don't know. Forcing people to pretend they're all well. And how to make them look good. I, I don't even know. Jesus. Yeah, like, because it's not, it's not working out. Anyway, we're not, it's a serious situation, Jessica. I know. Uh, you need to take a better class, like, confiner. <laughs> Said no one ever in the world. <laughs> All right. So we've solidified our place in hell. Um, yeah. Um, on that note, uh, we have let's such a welcome great our guest today. today. <laughs> 
No, we really do. No, we, we really do. In yeah. all seriousness, we have such a great guest. Another episode that we've been wanting to do for a really long time. Yeah. Last week, we really wanted to get into some diet fitness stuff, um, which we did with Carla. And if you guys did not yep. feel her energy, like, I don't know. You might be, yeah. you might be a corpse. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> she is just full of it. And we loved it. And we learned so much. Yeah. And um, we have a cool thing coming up with Carla soon, too. But... Um, Moving into this episode, we have a fantastic guest. Her name is Leanne Townsend. She is a family law lawyer, divorce lawyer, and uh, she practices in uh, the GTA. And she gave us so much information about really what divorcing and separation in that process looks like and there was yeah from a like a legal expert standpoint you know like just pure facts about that stuff with some advice peppered in and of course breaks down a misconception um that she breaks down a few of them Yeah. yeah she breaks down a few of them that we were like kind of surprised about um you know to preface the episode lauren and i kind of both don't have that much experience with divorce um no, you know which is good and bad i know like our parents aren't divorced we're uh not. we're not divorced <laughs> <laughs> so we have no experience with divorce <laughs> but you know not saying that's always a good thing but anyways um yeah so she kind of like debunked a lot of things that we thought were true which is good. And you know what's funny? We always say we want to do an episode of things that we should be taught in school. But I kind of realize like all of our episodes are teaching us things that we should have been taught in school. And there's a lot of things in here that people really need to be aware of um, before they embark in marriage. Yeah, there should just be like a life class, literally just called yeah. the class of life. And, and we're kind of doing that with our all of our episodes. Yeah, for sure. And I mean... Like, obviously, you have to learn things as you grow and change and the, through the experiences that you have. And our teachers shouldn't be expected to teach us every single little thing. Um, our parents should probably do some of that. And then again, just like going through life. But there could be like a high level kind of overall thing yeah. where, you know, category one mental wellness category two diet and health and exercise <laughs> yeah. category three divorce i mean really it's endless but i agree we should like, just be aware of these things and we're not so we're, we're just not and yeah like i mean i'm in my mid-30s and i kind of only knew about like the divorce process based on like what i see on tv which is like probably the worst place to get your information Um, when i think of divorce i think of liar liar and i'm like okay that's like the worst (laughs) learning tool ever jim carrey jim carrey yeah Yeah, he's my teacher but leanne is so fantastic she has her own podcast and uh she's been on many podcasts uh carmelia Mm -hmm. ray's uh most recently the better love podcast if you haven't checked that out we highly recommend um and leanne's podcast is divorcing well which she will also uh talk about too so i mean it was just such a great episode and we're really excited for you guys to hear it because maybe some of you are in a challenging situation planning a divorce going through a divorce uh getting out of a divorce or whatever that may be um but i think you'll get some good takeaways from this conversation with leanne and uh as always 
hit us up if you have more questions and we are happy to try yeah, and we love to hear from you guys resources yeah so very excited to welcome leanne to the show welcome leanne well thank you for having me i'm excited to be here Yes, thank you so much. And uh, we heard you on another podcast um, that may or may not be aired yet. We have some intel, um, but we wanted to. (laughs) It did air this week. (laughs) Okay, so then it will be out now um, by the time this episode comes out. So yeah, we we, uh, met you through a mutual friend and you just uh, have so much insight and we've been really wanting to talk about uh, this topic today. Yeah, and you have your own podcast, which is awesome. So we'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do and actually a little bit about the podcast as well. So my name is Leanne Townsend and I'm a family law lawyer. Um, I'm a partner at the law firm Brody Thorning LLP in downtown Toronto. And I, as I mentioned, I practice exclusively in the area of family law. So all aspects of family law. Um, I... My background is I was a Crown attorney for over 16 years, so I have a lot of background in domestic violence and domestic abuse, so I bring that to my family law practice. Um, I have my own podcast, as you mentioned, called Divorcing Well, and it's designed to just provide people with all of the resources they need to um, divorce well, not just financially, but spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. I interview experts in all of those types of areas. And um, I'm excited to be here and share, you know, uh, some of my knowledge and expertise, because right now with the pandemic, things are crazy. And a lot of people and families and couples are in crisis. Yeah, and that's exactly what we wanted to chat about. I think divorcing in the air quotes best of days is a whole challenging situation in itself. Never mind going through a separation or a divorce during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine. And to be honest, like I am not super familiar with the divorce process. Like, you know, you know what divorce is, two people separate. Um, after they've been married and you see it on TV and you see it in the movies and it's always kind of glamorized um, when it is like in any kind of like media. But what is like divorce really look like? Like what does that mean? And so for our listeners, anybody that if they are thinking about divorce or separation going through one, we want to really give them some insight and advice on, you know, what their rights are, what that what their journey is likely going to be like. Obviously, everybody's is different, but that's where you come in and we'd love to like get your insight there. Well, you raise a lot of great points there because one of the biggest things surrounding divorce is fear. And, you know, that's what causes a lot of people to stay in bad relationships is, you know, that mentality, the devil I know is better than the devil I don't know. And people are afraid to leave. They're afraid that their spouse is going to take all their money and leave them high and dry. They're afraid their spouse is going to try and take their children away. They're afraid they're going to be on the street. They're afraid of what their family and friends are going to think. And so there's a lot of fear, you know, surrounding divorce. And so, you know, when you take that and then you combine it with the fears, you know, people are going through right now with the pandemic, it is, Mm -hmm. it's super, super stressful for people. And, you know, I always say knowledge is power. So 
if you're in a situation where you have a lot of fear about things, I mean, the best way to deal with that, and, you know, I'm biased because I'm a, a lawyer, but I, I truly, you know, believe this is to speak to a lawyer, like set mm-hmm. up a consultation. It doesn't mean that you have to be starting the divorce process just because you're speaking to a lawyer, but set up a consultation, put together your list of questions and go and find out exactly what your rights are, what your obligations are, and then you can make a more informed decision and perhaps not have some of the fears that you might have because maybe the lawyer is going to tell you like you don't need to be worried about losing your kids you're not going to lose Mm -hmm. your kids or you know this is the amount of money you're likely to end up with and so at least you can get answers to some of your questions um before you make that decision and i and you know some lawyers give free consultations some lawyers um you know, I myself give a reduced rate. I don't give a free, I give a free 15 minute phone call, but for a one hour consultation, I reduce my rate for somebody. So, and I think the law lawyer referral service with the Law Society of Ontario, they offer people, the lawyers on that offer a 30 minute free consultation. So even if you're tight for money, there's ways of, you know, getting some legal advice so that you can make an informed decision. I think that you raised a great point there, Leanne. Um, And I want to unpack a few things that you mentioned which is kind of like the first steps of the divorce. And I think that's kind of what you meant, Lauren, about like, what's the process? Do you, you don't just have a fight and then wake up and say, we're getting divorced, right? <laughs> like you have to do a separation. You have to do a lot of things. And I definitely want to um, like later on, I guess, or right after touch about how divorce is looking in COVID. Are the rates higher? Is are are you telling people not to do this? Like, are people going crazy? Like, I know personally, I'm going crazy um, with like the cabin <laughs> fever and everything. So I can't imagine like a married couple. Like, Laura, you are the strongest woman I know with like the kids and stuff. Like, <laughs> Jesus. So <laughs> definitely not the strongest woman out there. I mean, there's so 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 many of us um, in relationships, married. Um, single parents with kids, not with kids. It's it's it poses its challenges on anybody. But I get what you're saying. Like definitely, when you're stuck in those four walls yeah. with your family, who you love dearly, goes of course. Saying, but it can be it's hectic. A lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And is that is that like is that spawning people's like divorce and separation at all Leanne like is it just like they just can't take it anymore with COVID and so now it's letting all the maybe issues that were kind of buried boil up and they're like well that's it we're just gonna separate now yeah nobody has their outlets either Uh, which is like their sports and everything like that so I'm sure that can't help no, I mean, definitely the, the, you know, my practice is busier than it's ever been. So if that's my gauge, that's crazy. Um, I have more, more and more people coming to me. And so I think people have had it. I think in the spring, people, you know, it, I, I think people were a little bit different. I mean, some people were down and whatnot and, and the lockdown was affecting them. But I think now there's a lot of COVID fatigue going on with people and, so, you know, people have had it and people are cranky. I mean, I know even in my own household, my kids and I are fighting more than we did in the first Same. lockdown. And, um, and so it, it is busier. People are fighting more. People are separating more. And then even those who are already separated and divorced and who are already in the process, they just seem to also be arguing more. So just there's a whole lot more arguing going on, which gives rise to a whole lot more you know, family law issues happening. So 
um, you know, it's, it is unfortunate, um, but it is, you know, it's hurting families and it's mm-hmm. showing up in, you know, for those of us who practice family law and divorce and whatnot, we're, we're seeing it. And just to go back and chat a little bit about, cause you both mentioned like the, the process and everything. Um, so for listeners who are, you know, have questions about that, um, you know, normally the first step would be to consult a lawyer and there's no, um, sort of cookie cutter divorce um, for the most part, because if there was, we wouldn't need lawyers, right? It would just be, okay, I do this, I do that. And it's, it's simple, but um, you know, it, it, it really depends on a number of factors. It depends on whether you have children. It depends on whether you have complicated finances. It depends on the level of conflict with your spouse. So for some people you go see a lawyer and it, you know, maybe it makes sense to, to just do mediation and then just come back and ha- have a lawyer give you advice at the end and sign off on something. For other people, um, you retain a lawyer and your partner retains a lawyer and you complete financial disclosure and negotiate a separation agreement. And it's not, you know, maybe there's a little bit of back and forth and a little bit of conflict, but it's not too bad. And, you know, you go off with that and then you can file for divorce. And then for some people who are high conflict, um, you know, they find themselves where one of the parties initiates an application with the court and you begin the court process. And from there, I mean, it could take years um, to get through the process, um, depending again on how much conflict and how complicated the matters are. And you just mentioned wow, that years. Uh, one person, only one person has to file, which is kind of what happened with like Justin Hartley and sh- uh, what's her name? Chriselle Strauss or whatever. Um, she wasn't even aware. I didn't, I, that is something I had no idea. I thought like you both had to be privy to the fact that you're divorcing. You do, here in Ontario, you do like oh, okay. you have to serve your partner. So I don't know how like somebody could go and like file like file for divorce and and have the process start without the other partner knowing because they do have to be served with the divorce application here. So, so it's just for the TV um, show ratings that that was. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. might just be a <laughs> media spin on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but that's, that's good to, to know. You can't like sneak attack your. Uh, well, soon to be ex-partner, you have to like let them know and have a conversation. But still, so if I wanted to divorce my husband, I could go start the process but and then get that information and then come to them and say, here, I'm serving you with divorce papers. Or it's like a conversation that you have to have with a mediator first. Like, how does that go? Because yeah. obviously, for lots of people, one day they say to their partner, I, I want a divorce. Like in the movies, you know, and it's so final. Yeah. The big fight and then... The big fight, yeah. yeah. I want a divorce. <laughs> but then also, like, you have to be separated too for a while or... Or is that not correct? Yeah, in order to get a divorce, at least in Ontario, you have to have lived separate and apart for a year. So you can't just be, you know, in married bliss and then have that big fight and, you know, say, okay, I'm getting a divorce and, you know, go get a divorce right away. Um, you do have to be living separate and apart for a year. And if you have children, um, a judge won't sign off on a divorce unless you've provided measures in your application that show that child support is being properly paid in accordance with the federal child support guidelines. So if you don't have children, it can be, you know, fairly straightforward. Uh, um, but with children, you do have to show to a judge, not not show in court, like you write it on the application, because you don't have to go to court for a divorce. It's a judge just signs off on the application in chambers and it 
once it's filed, it can take anywhere from, it used to be six weeks to about three months, but now with COVID, there's a backlog, so it is taking longer. Um, and one thing too, all it takes is one person to, to want a divorce, right? Like, so yes, the other party has to know that you're filing and going ahead with it. Um, but you know, you, it, 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 contested divorces are very rare. And if somebody doesn't want to be in a marriage, like no court is going to say, okay, you have to stay married. Right. Yeah. That's good news. Imagine. <laughs> Actually, no, you're going to stay in this. But I think that it's kind of nice that, and and maybe this applies to Canada, but definitely in Ontario, in a way, and this is aside from abuse, like violence, any like anything really serious that it could be harmful to people um, or children, but kind of having that one year time mm-hmm. apart first to really think about if that's what you want, maybe that's what some people just need they just need a little bit of space to like gather their thoughts to gather their feelings to really think about the person and you know not have them in their face the whole time which obviously can cause conflict when you're already feeling frustrated or angry um or whatever you may be going through so is that why they do that because they want you to really be sure like you've gone through a marriage you chose to marry this person so are you really sure you're ready to end it Yeah, I think that's the logic behind it is, um, you know, to give people time to reflect because there are people who, you know, separate and even divorce, quite frankly, and get back together. So that is the reasoning for it. And it's kind of funny because it's actually easier to get married than it is to get divorced. And I, you know, in some ways I think it should almost be like the opposite. Um, and I, I, sometimes I've laughed and, you know, with people and said, I, I almost think it should be a requirement of getting like to get divorced. Usually it's recommended you get independent legal advice. And I think to get married and I'm not trying to create more work for lawyers, but I think you should have to get independent legal advice. Cause then you go in and you know, um, you know, maybe what your rights are going mm-hmm. in or what yeah. your, you know, what's going to happen yeah. and how it might look if you separate. Well, it's just um, another thing but- that we always say we should be taught in school so many other things. This is just yet another thing that we're not really educated on. I know some countries, yeah. I believe Ireland, where the drinking rate is way higher, um, they have <laughs> a time period where you have to wait and you can't just walk into like City Hall and get married, um, probably because a lot of people get drunk there and it's like, yeah, let's do it. Um, <laughs> but so I know some countries do. Do make sure that you can't that you have to like really think it through um clearly not as much as like divorce and things like that like that takes a lot longer to to happen but no I think you're absolutely right about that's something we should be all more educated on and have information we don't know and would you recommend to couples maybe you do recommend this to couple or to people that you know outside of like any of your practice like your clients but just should people go to counseling pre-marriage so they don't definitely end up in divorce because I think that's like a step that might be missing I know in a lot of religions and cultures like that is actually something that is required of people um I certainly didn't and I mean I my husband and I have had lots of ups and downs um and when I look back at it I'm kind of like you know that may have helped like maybe we should have like we were young what do you know at like even I mean we were a little bit older when we got married but like we got together at 25 what do you know like we didn't have children then like it's just it's so it's such an interesting thing and I I know part of it is just aging and learning and maturing but it's it seems like it's changed so much since like my parents 
yeah. like got married for sure and no and i think that people should get counseling i think that that's a great idea and learn how to you know resolve conflict and learn some tools for all of that because I mean, marriage is work. And, you know, we live in this society now where, you know, it's the just kind of like everyone's disposable, everyone can go online and be wooed by, you know, 150 suitors. And, you know, if it's, I think that um, people, we kind of have this good vibes only. So, you know, God, if someone's negative, or someone's in a funk, or someone's upset, oh, I don't want to hear about that. Like, I only want positivity. And so I, I just think our whole culture right now, it's not about work on things. It's not about like, when things are difficult, you bail, you go find someone else or find something else. And those are, you know, the reality is for a marriage to last the long haul, you need those skills. And I mean, I even go so far as to say, and I, I hope I'm wrong, because I despite being a divorce lawyer, I'm really a romantic at heart. And I believe in soulmates Aww. and true love. But I would go so far as to say that I really think like the long term monogamous marriage where you meet someone at 25, and you stay together till you're 80, or 90, or you know, you die is like almost going to extinct. Like it's mm -hmm. very, very, very rare. Um, and it, I think it's getting rarer. Actually, that's I something agree. I wanted to ask you. Generationally speaking, um, are you seeing these huge differences? Are people like literally not getting married now? The, the millennials, the 25 year olds, like what are you seeing out there? I, not No stats or anything, obviously, but. But also women, like are women pursuing divorce more than men? Because I think that adds on to that generational factor, right? Because it's pretty recent, like it's only been a few decades where women have had more rights and had the ability to separate from their husband mm -hmm. because they can work, they have their own money, like they're set up completely differently financially where they're not a dependent essentially. Um, so it has that really spiked. But also has that really spiked women not even getting married at all? <laughs> Answer all yeah, the I questions, mean, Leanne. <laughs> well, and there's both situations. I mean, I do think more people are living common law than, you know, before. And that, you know, when you live common law in Ontario, you don't have some of the same rights uh, legally that you have when you're married. Uh, so a lot of people don't understand that, that you don't have property rights the same way at common law. So there are differences. Um, and, uh, you know, people, I think with the rise of, you know, women empowerment and the women's movement, a, a lot of divorces, uh, the I don't have the statistics on my fingertips, but I, I recall reading that women initiate more divorce than men do. So mm -hmm. I think that's, a, you know, an interesting factor. A lot of men, um, they're, they don't sort of midlife and beyond, like they're more comfortable just to stay in an unhappy marriage and try and, you know, like live separate, like there's a lot of couples that almost live separate lives, but they're still married, where, whereas the, a lot of women just find that kind of unacceptable to do. And, um, you know, so they're the ones who, you know, initiate the divorce. Yeah, that totally makes sense. <laughs> that does. I mean, if you just like think about like relationships that you've been in, mm -hmm. like uh, I do find that often men will kind of just stay unhappy. And this isn't a blanket statement, but like my own experiences, friends experiences. And of course, this is outside of marriage. This is just relationships. Um, but it's almost as if like, it's too much work to separate or maybe truly they don't want Lazy to, bastards, but they don't they know are. how. Yeah. Or the, and they don't know how to like get back on track where I think women and especially now just life's too short. 
Like, I'm not putting up with it. I don't need to. Why would I? Like, if you can't make me happy or we're not happy, I'm out. Yeah, I think it'd be rare for one to be happy and the other not to be. And and I think that's true. And I mean, and the other piece is the financial. Like, there are, you know, I sometimes find with the men, you know, because still what I see more often is the man is usually the one who's making more money. It is changing, but they're, you know, we're still dealing with a lot of people in their, you know, 50s and up that... Um, where the man is, you know, been more the breadwinner, the woman more the child raiser. And so uh, there's a lot of people where they don't, they'll say they don't want to get divorced because of the children, but the reality is it's because of the money. They don't want to have their net worth cut in half. They don't want to have to change their lifestyle. And there's a lot of women who stay in unhappy marriages because they like the lifestyle they have. And, you know, that's a sad reality, but there is a lot of that. I get that. Um, I mean, if my husband and I separated, our lifestyle would change quite drastically. It would be different. And I can totally see how a lot of people almost kind of like you get, well, I don't want to say addicted, but like a customized and comfortable in your lifestyle. And then that's when you're kind of like, well, is it that bad? Like, can't we just like, we could just stay together because I'm sure like, you know, this will pass. And then maybe it doesn't like do and then that leads to more and more problems like maybe infidelity or just serious fighting um you know kids getting involved and like they're being damaged there like do you see that a lot yeah i mean i think that um and it's hard for a lot of people to know when to pull the trigger like when is it you know when do i get a divorce and so you know, I think there are, it, it's comfortable to stay with somebody. And, you know, if you think you can fix it, I, I would encourage people to, you know, exa- exhaust all avenues before they go and file for divorce, like do marriage counseling, do it with a open mind and, 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 you know, real effort and really try. But unfortunately, I think a lot of people get to the point where there's just so much damage that's been done. They can't forget. Maybe, you know, maybe they can forgive. Maybe they can't. They can't forget. There's, you know, and it's it takes two, of course, to make a marriage work. So if one's checked out, it doesn't matter how much work the other one's doing. And, I, you know, what I see a lot of, too, is people just growing apart. Because, again, it comes mm-hmm. back to, like, I know I'm not the – I'm 54. I'm not the person at 54 that I was at 25. Not even close. And so, you know, what happens sometimes is people, they marry in their 20s or early 30s. And by the time they hit their 50s, like, they've grown in different directions. Or one person is really growth-oriented and the other person just likes to be comfortable and, and more stagnant. And, and that's where challenges come in, too. Because they just, yeah. they're not who they were when they fell in love and got married. I think that is a huge thing that happens, um, more so that probably than anything else, because your goals, everything changes. And I don't want to say that women change more than men, um, but there was this one fact uh, or stat that I read, and I don't know where or how true it is or how valid it is, but they said that the happiest, you know, population or grouping of people were single women in their 50s. Um, because they, you know, you come into your own when the older that you get or whatever, and then they kind of like lose the dead weight of the people that aren't right. So and men, I think, you know, again, blanket statements, whatever. But from my experience, men are more dependent on their partners for a lot of things. So uh, in terms of like, maybe not financially, but maybe like running the household or having dinner and shit like that. So uh, I think that they are happy to stay because they need that support. Like, have you ever walked into like a bachelor man's apartment and you're like what happens in here like it's insane so they need women (laughs) 
Yeah, a lot of men no, are I think that's definitely need like that caregiver in their life yeah. all the way through. <laughs> so from infancy to elderly stages and and it's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing, but I think maybe that is like societal still where like that idea of the woman is the home uh, maker is the child care giver or like the main one um but that's the that's one of our biggest topics is like women in the again the last like few decades ha- take on everything mm-hmm. take on being like well your mom you also have a full-time career you maintain the home a lot of women also maintain like the administrative side of the home the finances like the bills like all of that stuff that is a lot of stuff and yeah. then just like always having to know what's for dinner yeah and like, then maybe when you they'll get... cook it but you always have to prepare these things in your head your head can never stop yeah and so like i can see where women in their later stages and leanne if you know this um based on like your experiences or your clientele like in their late 40s or 50s do you find that's when women are like filing for the divorce because at that stage like you if you had children they're likely grown up and doing their own thing and you maybe on your own are financially secure and that's a whole other like lifestyle that opens up for you when you're not taking care of the children and you don't have to prep like all these you know meals every single day and then to have a partner who's like, yeah, great. The kids are gone. Now I can just kind of relax and chill. And you're like, as the woman, like, no, like, let's go on a cruise and let's travel and let's do this. And so that's where like that conflicting personalities happen. So like, and and I don't know, is that the case? Like are women in that kind of age range, the ones that are like, I'm not ready to kind of just sit down. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see that happening. Um, I see, like, I find a lot of couples, you know, who, when their children do, you know, enter the university and beyond years and are out of the home, you know, they find that almost like they, they're strangers. Um, mm-hmm. They really have grown apart during the child rearing years. They didn't put effort into the marriage. Um, and the children are gone and they really realize they don't like, you know, being with this other person or they, they just don't enjoy any of the same things and, and whatnot. And I think a lot of women, again, that's where they're more apt to to leave the situation with the idea that, hey, just because I'm, you know, 45, 50, you know, I still have a lot of years ahead of me and I want to live my best life. And I've spent all these years taking care of everyone else and putting myself last. And I'm going to put myself, you know, at the head of the list. It's my time now. And, you know, and I think a lot of women, um, and I know, like, even personally, this happened to me to some extent when my kids are younger, like, you lose yourself in a sense because you're so busy taking care of everyone else and taking care of the household that you're like such a low priority on your list that you lose, you, you start to forget what it feels like even to be a woman. And it's like, like I find that especially women in, in unhappy marriages where, you know, they, they don't feel sexy anymore. You know, they, they feel older and frumpy and tired and all these things. And they've lost like what it feels like to actually be like a vibrant, attractive, sexy woman. And that affects the marriage as well, of course. Um, 
but they um they've just so lost their identity outside of being a wife and mother they don't even know who they are and they've you know they kind of get to this point where they view it as you know what it's my time i want to you know rediscover who i am and really thrive and step into my power yeah we talked about that with lisa from lisa in the city and that whole identity crisis that women often find themselves in because of the different roles and how they evolve over over the course of, you know, when you first get married to having children to being a homeowner and, you know, whatever stages you do those things in. And I mean, that that makes the most sense. Like, of course, that would happen. And I think that, like you said, be, feeling sexy, I think that plays a huge role. Because mm-hmm. again, from my experiences too, like, I've had my ebbs and flows with that, especially after childbirth. And then, you know, just kind of being that on the go mom constantly you're just like that's the last thing you're worried about is like what your hair looks like or your makeup or your clothes and like time for also that and then you kind of look in the mirror and you're like I wouldn't want me why would somebody else want me (laughs) like and and, which is not true but that's where we go mentally like and it's a really unfortunate thing confidence is hugely affected I think with all of those things right yeah when you're not looking you're back I know you know I fight with my boyfriend about this all the time because he's like the fashion industry it's like it's all in your head it's not real what matters is like he whatever this man owns like three t-shirts at all all together but (laughs) I'm like no clothes are very important they reflect how you feel how you look spent if you're not fitting in them because you just had a kid or you know what I mean if you're not like looking the way you want to look that changes everything and there are times when I look in the mirror like on an off angle my whole day is ruined not 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 consciously but like I'm I'm low you know what I mean I think those things are hugely you know it's not our fault I don't want to say women we do this um but they happen and I think it can affect things. No, but I do. I think that affects marriages. Like I think that, you know, as women, we do, we get so run down and taking care of everyone else. We don't and don't prioritize ourselves. So we do. I don't want to use the words like let ourselves go, but we don't put effort into like looking, say, sexy, which maybe our husband might appreciate. And I think that's one of the weird, interesting things about getting divorced is, you know, if you're divorced and you want to meet somebody you end up putting effort into how you mm-hmm. look again because you're single and you want to look attractive. So you kind of, you know, even though you're still, in fact, you have more on your plate because you're now a single parent and you're juggling work and kids and household and, and all those things. But now because you want to meet someone, you actually are finding the time and energy to put into looking sexier or attractive and because you have to um yeah. and so I think that it's it's just interesting how you know and I've been there I know when I've been worn down with kids and stuff I don't I don't always feel like dressing up more or you know whatever and but I find we do well I think you feel better when you do you know put buy some new clothes that excite you and and For sure. you know do prioritize that self a little that stuff a little bit with yourself if you look good, you feel good typically. Mm-hmm. But that yeah. is such an interesting point. And I have to unpack this a little bit because it's so, it's a conundrum. It's interesting for us as women, three women sitting here to say, oh, well, we recognize, you know, when we're not looking good and, you know, maybe we're not sexy and maybe that's why like our partner isn't, you know, like we're not just not vibing because like I'm not looking that great. And again, this is not like obviously the end all be all of the situations, but <laughs> we have to do all the like caregiving we have Mm -hmm. to do the cleaning the cooking we have to work our jobs 
And then we also have to be sexy because <laughs> yes, they yeah. might leave or like the marriage may end. And again, I'm not putting it like, oh, well, you have to be a better husband or a better partner to like, you know, that and that's why I feel this way. Or the woman's like, well, you know, just slap on some makeup and do your hair and he'll be good. Like, but it's just like another thing. It's like, yeah, where is the... Where is the medium? What did the hell like, do how, they have to do? Yeah, like what? He, I just, I just think it's crazy because <laughs> then, like you said, then that say the divorce happens, you're single now, you do want somebody, so then it's like, well, I've, I've got to look good, I've got to look good, but then won't you just recreate that cycle? Because I mean, I guess if your children are older, but eventually we all get comfortable. You can't possibly yeah. be dolled up to the nines every single day for the rest of your life like that's just unrealistic you know when that's portrayed in movies they're obviously like the girls that jump out of bed really quick and do their makeup before their their boyfriend or husband wakes up they're we're like oh my god you're so insecure like you know then then there's that stigma like it women really can never win there's just so much emphasis on needing to look like perfect and beautiful and sexy all the time or you're not gonna keep a man But I also, I think it's not so much like you have to look good. It's more like clearly when when you're not like doing things like getting ready, you're doing things like for yourself. It's because other things are prioritizing and you, like Leanne said, I don't, I also don't want to say let yourself go, but it's like, it's a personal thing. It's like a mental thing. Like you're, you're not prioritizing yourself, which will reflect in all aspects of your life, including like, you know, pushing for things that you need for a happier marriage or things that you need in general to make your life happier. And then, of course, um, you know, as you said, when you get comfortable with someone, that become can, can, can become like the punching bag of your of your unhappiness and things like that, which can perpetuate too. No, and I agree with that. Like, I don't think looking good necessarily is all about like hair and makeup, although I am very much a hair person. Like my, <laughs> my, my hair is like, if everything else can be falling apart, but my hair is going to be on point. Um, <laughs> but that's because that makes me feel good, right? Yeah. Like I, you know, it's, I'm not that it's more for me than because I'm trying to look good for a man. It's because yeah. it makes me feel good yeah. and it's who I am. Um, and that, that's what I think is important. Like, I think there's a difference between, and again, using that horrible term, letting yourself go and you know being dolled up and dressed to the nines and made up like I think you know sometimes part of it can be letting yourself go can be that you're just eating junk food all the time and you're becoming unhealthy because you're you're eating junk and you're gaining weight and you're not moving around and you know and then you're and you're down you're feeling down because your your energy is low because you're not Mm -hmm. taking care of yourself like to me that's aside from the physical aesthetic like there's just like a whole you know, physical health and mental health piece that comes with just taking care of yourself and having, you know, the right, the uh, positive, happier mindset versus feeling just worn down and tired and having no energy for anything in your life. And and we also, as women, like we have so many things put on us. Like that's the problem. Like, you know, what we, we're taking care of kids. We're, we're, you know, now we're supposed to have kick, we have kick-ass careers. We're taking care of kids. We're supposed to look fabulous, be sexy, work out, be chefs, do all this organic, healthy shopping and cooking. And like, we can't, like, you can't do all those things. You just can't. And men don't have those same pressures on them. Um, The only thing I so would say that I think it goes is a positive maybe in all that is 
I, I don't know how old you guys are, but I do think like the younger, like my, you know, my kids are 17 and 19, but I do see some, you know, people in their like early 20s and mid, even mid 20s where like they don't expect the woman to necessarily do everything. Like men are like Yay. young fathers. A lot of them are much more hands-on like than my generation. Like a lot, there's a lot of dads who like they're right in there doing everything the same way the, the wife is. And so I do think it's changing, you know, slowly, but it is changing. Amazing. I do think that's because a lot of women are just demanding that. Like they're saying like, I'm doing the exact same thing as you in terms of like career wise. Like, Mm-hmm. I'm a nine to fiver, you're a nine to fiver. We make close to or the same or more, whatever the financials are. Why then does my role have A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and yours is A, B, C? So I think women are kind of like, if you want to be with me and you want to do this with me, and we're living the same kind of lifestyle and we're, we have the same kind of demanding career then everything outside of that has to be the same and equal too. And and for sure I've see I see those changes, but like I'm in my mid thirties and I have two children and we we do have a good balance and like he's very much the like fixer, all the like man jobs as I call them, the garbage, anything like that. But there are times that like it's just a lot, like the thinking of the dinners and then the That's prep what, of the dinner. So like – I think that is never emphasized enough. It's not so much as that you have to sh- grocery shop and, and do it. I spend sometimes like hours, what am I going to fucking make for dinner? You think they have the, any of that stress? No. No, it's true. <laughs> That's a good point because like maybe th- because of those reasons and that shift either will lead to more successful marriages – and people staying together. Hopefully, that's forever. fantastic news. Or they just won't get married because maybe there's a bit of like, and this is kind of, you know, dark to say, but like that realism where it's like, yeah, but that adds a whole other set of challenges if things in this relationship take a turn. So if we don't get married, then like it's a, it's maybe it's easier to split. Like it's a more amicable way of separating. And that's the other thing because I wanted to chat about is like, how does that work? Like, if you're not married, but you've been common law, what are the differences there? Because you touched on that a little bit earlier. And I'd like to understand that a bit more. Yeah, so one of the biggest differences is property rights. So when you're married, um, you have um, a right to a division of property, um, of marital assets and an equalization payment. So if say you were a stay-at-home mom and your husband worked outside the home and, you know, is the breadwinner of the family and he brought it, you know, you he had investment accounts and you had a home that maybe was in his name only or maybe it was in both of your names, but, you know, he has a pension and RRSPs and, you know, things like that. And a lot of the stuff is in his name. If you're married, when you divorce and you go to split things up, you actually have an entitlement to some of those things, even though they're in his name. Um, when you're Why do you say some law, and not half? Well, it's it's roughly half, but it's there's a certain calculation involved. Okay. So it, you know, it, it's not necessarily fifty fifty, but it, it's like generally speaking, that's kind of the idea is that you both come out of the marriage with the same amount okay. of things. That that's kind of the general theory behind it. But when you're common law, um, the title to property rules. So if if you have things that are in your, whatever's in your name is going to be yours. Whatever's in his name is going to be his. Whatever's in joint names would be split 50-50. But 
you don't, if it's not in your name, then the onus is going to be on you to somehow prove that you contributed to it in some way. Um, either through, you know, like say the home was just in his name, you would have to show that while well, you stayed home and you raised children and you did all these things and you have to prove it. Whereas in, if you were married, you wouldn't have any, you would just automatically be entitled. And so I see situations where people lived common law for like 20 years and, you know, the woman is in a really bad situation because nothing's in her name and she's now got to somehow prove entitlement to different things. And, and that's my much more challenging um, with respect to spousal support as well. So if you're married, you're automatically, well, not automatically entitled, but it's it's an automatic issue. So I mean, spousal support depends on need and means and not everyone, you know, obviously if you're earning roughly the same amount of money, you're not, no one's going to be entitled to spousal support. But at common law, you have to have lived together at least three years before you would have any entitlement to spousal support. So that's like another difference. That's and interesting. Spousal support is always one of the most contentious issues with people anyway. And I always bring up like in 2020, you know, should we have spousal support? Um, you know, should people be required to support someone else because they were married to them for eight years of their well, entire, you know, 80 year life. You it's know? a little I, interesting. I know. Like how long does that spousal support last? Like, are you allowed to have a new boyfriend and still, and your ex is paying <laughs> for you? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that, how does yeah, that work? You are. Um, and That's spousal insane. support generally lasts, lasts like the rule of thumb is 50% to the, the, of the length of the relationship to the full length. And it depends on a variety of factors. But so say you were married 10 years, you would be roughly entitled to spousal support for somewhere between five to 10 years. But if you were married, like sort of 20 years or more, like spousal support could be indefinite. Wow. And that's so interesting. And you say spousal support, even if you were in only a common law relationship, and that doesn't even matter if there was kids or not, because that's separate, right? Spousal support and then yeah. uh, child support. That's correct. Like So even at common law, if you've been together more than three years, you could be entitled to spousal support or have to pay it. And that's on top of like any child support. And is that because if in the situation, if someone doesn't work or wasn't working, you were kind of like the home care person? Or if so, say like I was with someone for three, four or five years and I had a full time job, but I didn't make nearly as much or much less than uh, my partner and then we separated, I could go for spousal support? I could ask for spousal support? Yes. I think it's yes. for the women that, um, you know, are working three jobs because their husband's going to med school or law school and yeah. they're supporting their shit and then they go off and go be rich and then have affairs or whatever. <laughs> I think that's a very romanticized situation. <laughs> that's from an actual movie. Yeah. So. There, there are situations like that, though. I've had clients in that situation. But I also think it's for women who, like, gave up their work to raise the children while the man worked. But the problem is mm -hmm. there's a lot of these situations where both parties are working and the man – I'm saying the man, again, because it's still more commonly the man, but it could be the woman, and that is changing – but, you know, like I know myself because I work very long hours and I have a very stressful job and I earn a not bad income. Like I would hate it if I had to support someone else well, like who maybe was working, you know, less hours. You know, they had their, their nine to five and they had a lower stress job and 
you know, from my efforts, they I had to pay them because I'm working my butt off. I, I that would not make me very happy. I'll be honest. Yeah, I so what get do you that. do? Not live with someone to protect yourself? Like, what do you do now? Well, that's where you can again have like prenuptial agreements, cohabitation agreements, things like that, where you get your spouse to sign off on spousal support, or you have some formula that if you know if you end up being married this number of years, this would be what the spousal support would be if it's this many years. You know, like I think that type of one is is more is fairer. Like so, the sort of the longer you're together, the more you might be entitled to. Um, but a lot of you know, I I have a lot of clients come to me nowadays where they both are going to waive it, and I, you know, I think. That's not a bad thing either in in twenty twenty. Yeah, I think if that yeah. like financially, if that's a possibility, like again, it, every situation is different. So like, if you're someone who didn't work because you were raising children or maintaining a home or you know whatever the situation is, that's one thing. But yeah, if you were together for X amount of years and then you just like now you're not together, but you do fine on your own, that would be that's hard because like that's yeah. almost spiteful, like. If you're taking an additional chunk of someone else's income, that puts them in a different position. So, like, unless you're like, I hate yeah. you so much, I'll do everything to ruin your life or make your life very difficult, <laughs> which I'm sure does happen. I get that. But on the other side, like, I think we just need to be decent humans. But it's really interesting because I didn't know that that was an option for common law. Like, my understanding was more like your common law, but whatever you bring in, you take away. And I... I don't know if I would ever have like the wherewithal to think about like, oh, we need to have like a common law agreement or cohabitation agreement. Yeah, like when do you whip that or, out? Like, like after even you're the dating prenup, for... like my husband and I were, were not on that level financially where we we're like, well, we need a prenup. <laughs> um, but it is just really interesting to think about. And it's good to know like what how what that really means and what that really looks like. Because again, you just hear these words and I don't think you people the majority of people really know what that means no and I mean I, and I always tell people um, who are presented with one or who want one like that you do have to look at a marriage as it's a partnership it's a and too. there is money involved so you need to have like almost like a business mind Absolutely. to it so when you're presented with um, you know an agreement that somebody wants you to sign like I tell them it doesn't mean they don't love you it do, don't like, take the emotion out of it because that's you know it doesn't mean this person doesn't love you it doesn't mean that they don't think the marriage is going to work out it doesn't mean any of those negative things it's a very practical business decision to have and you know I because I think people get offended when yeah. their partner presents them with something like that and and I'm just my message would be don't be like you know when half the marriages don't work out um mm-hmm. it's a it's a, it's just a realistic business decision and it doesn't you know and especially if you're having like a second marriage or you're marrying later in life and you know I find when people have children they want to protect their children they want you know if they've worked hard and they're 50 years old they want you know a lot of their money maybe to go to their their children not to leave their you know they don't if they get divorced they don't want their spouse taking a whole bunch of stuff and it's a second or third spouse um and so I think it's just a realistic thing and at the point we're at here in 2020 I think a lot of the things are romanticized like marriage is supposed to be for love well let's just be realistic because if you've ever been through a divorce it's not very loving at that time so it makes sense just (laughs) to have all your bases covered and I wanted to know like from your experience, how many of them are really ugly? Are people still super hot a year later? Like, you know, is it spiteful? Are most of them really, you know, I guess amicable or like, you know, still like, no, I want the best for them. Like, 
How does that look? Is that no. what's more common? No. <laughs> um, you know, there's there's some that are amicable for sure. Um, and, you know, there's a lot that aren't. And there's a lot. I mean, I'll be honest. I have clients sometimes where like I just I, I get exasperated because they're they're fighting over such petty things. And Ugh. I get frustrated because there's this image out there of divorce lawyers fueling the fire and wanting them to fight and encouraging it. And I mean, I can certainly say that's not my practice. When people are fighting about petty things, it drives me insane. I want to like, say like, stop, it's know, not worth it for a chair. Them, like, come on, like, this yeah. is ridiculous. You're paying. But some people truly, they would rather pay their lawyer more money than let their spouse have that money. Like people make some really crazy decisions in the throes of divorce. And I mean, I've had people, you know, fighting about, like they just fight for the sake of fighting. If if their spouse says black, they have to say white. They're fighting over, you know, kitchen cutlery and making sure that it's divided fifty percent. Like, do you really care about half a set? That you have the same number of <laughs> knives and forks. Like that to me is stupid. Yeah. You know, yeah. but people do that. Well, I guess that's because there's so much emotion involved, right? But why is there still so much emotion if they've separated for a year? Like, isn't that the whole point to kind of cool everyone down? Well, isn't it also because people feel like judge so they're like oh i'm divorcing so the whole world is gonna see that and like anybody in my peer circle my family is gonna criticize me like does that play a factor where like that's why they're angry too oh for sure failure for sure and when people feel wronged like they want justice and they want like they use the word fair a lot i just want what's fair and i say i say to them like well you know family the family law court system it it might not be about it's about the law it's not about fair it's about the law and and like if you're looking to be vindicated or validated that may or may not happen so you can't be putting your whole mental well-being on the family court system you know validating or vindicating you with your position um and the worst thing is the family and the friends like everyone is uh, a google lawyer now (laughs) and i have you know clients they come to me and they you know well i heard blah 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 why aren't we doing that and it drives me insane because everyone is an expert and they have their armchair lawyers who are their family and friends and, you know, their friend Johnny or Jane who went through their own divorce and this is what happened to them. So they're now an expert and people, are, they're listening to too many people. And I'm yeah. always saying like, you, you know, you've got to trust that your lawyer knows what they're doing and listen to your, if it's legal, listen to your lawyer. If it's to do with other stuff, sure, listen to all these people, but get your legal advice from the lawyer. Yeah. And I think that, again, goes back to like what we see in the media what we see on tv and like our movies is because like again it's and maybe romanticizing isn't the right word but i think that's the same thing as like the prenup too right like i feel like we're conditioned to be like mad if someone said well i want a prenup and it's like well where does that yeah. come from why would we be angry about that why are you automatically assuming that means because the relationship's gonna fail or that you don't really love me like why don't we look at it the way we would look at insurance like you buy yeah. you buy car insurance not because you're planning on getting in a car accident or hitting somebody same with home insurance you're not planning on your house going up on fire but you are prepared in case the very worst situation happens what a great point i love that analogy that's exactly it you know and that's what i say like to clients too is that you know, when things are very good, like that's the best time to get an agreement on how things are going to be divided when if you, God forbid, yeah. you split up. Like, don't wait till you hate each other and you're Arguing then fighting. Over like, <laughs> it, 
Yeah, exactly. It makes perfect sense. So what about adultery? What about infidelity? Because like, of course, in the movies you hear, oh, if you have an affair, then automatically you get get everything. Yeah, that is a big one. Like, is that true? No. That's not true. Um, it, like no. you, can be, you can cheat 85 times on your spouse and it's not going to affect what they're legally entitled to. Same with if you're like a wife beater um, or a husband beater, like you, that doesn't affect the asset division. Like those, you know, it, you may not be a very nice person. Um, and, you know, you, if you're, you know, if you, beating somebody, like if you're physically abusing somebody, you know, maybe you maybe should be getting criminally charged and things like that, but it's not going to affect, it's a separate issue and affairs, no judges, judges don't want to hear about affairs. Lawyers don't want it. To me, it should be a very minor part of the narrative that, you know, my spouse cheated on me and that's why the marriage, and this is the reason why we're, it ended, but you don't need to go into you know, all the details of it because it doesn't affect anything. So basically, a divorce is a divorce. Does yeah. not matter. It's no fault. Why? It's no fault so long. Yeah. That is that is super interesting because exactly, I think people are under that misconception or that impression that if there is abuse yeah. or if there is infidelity, then like just for simplicity's sake, like the woman gets more, like they're sided with more where it's, it, that is a really important point to like, put out there is that that is not going to affect the division of assets or you know how that divorce will roll out like you said maybe there's a criminal charges that should be applied if there is violence yeah. or abuse <laughs> um and there's nothing to be applied for infidelity and and i do really believe that a lot of people are very much under that misconception that like well you cheated on me so like i have so many more rights than you yeah, like, yeah. no and i think they have more rights people to need to children. know that's not true which is the interesting. interesting part. Like, it doesn't matter if your spouse cheated on you. They still have the same rights with respect to your children, too. You know, it doesn't – you don't get penalized. Your children don't get penalized in terms of their time with the other parent because that parent cheated on you. So, the okay, well, here's another question. Um, do the kids always go to the mom um, and then the dad gets them, like, every other weekend for yeah, two days? Yeah, there's that whole, like, kind of – setup that you hear about the most like oh it's weekends and a wednesday or something no and it used to be the case but it's really changing now and um it's really changed more towards like joint custody and shared parenting and a lot of couples nowadays if it are like it's 50 50 or close to that um and the courts look at it that if dad wants to have the children half the time and dad is doing it willing you know isn't just going to put them off with a babysitter or grandma or whatever then dad isn't is entitled to that and it drives a lot of women crazy because when they were together they you know they'll say well he was never home he i was the one doing everything i took them to all their doctor's appointments and dentist appointments and i did i prepared their lunches and i did this and i did that and he did nothing and so they think that they have more right to have that to have more time with the children but not necessarily because if dad is willing to do those things now the way it's viewed is that then he is should be given that opportunity and that it's better for the children to have as much time with both parents as possible. And so it's a, I find I get a lot of female clients and they're, they get so upset about that because, 
you know, that was one of the issues in the marriage was that he didn't help with anything. Mm -hmm. And now he's saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to do all these things. Well, I mean, it's up to him if he wants to wing it. Like, I'm sure they won't be eating the most nutritious things or whatever. But if like, I guess they're kind of like, it's better that he's going to do something than not have their dad. Yeah. And that's like, again, a bone of contention uh, is that like, you know, people will say, well, like when they're at dad's, they're going to McDonald's all the time or they're this. But the way the courts view it is that like, that's not a reason to take someone's time away from their children. Like neglect and abuse are like if your child, if when child is with dad, they're not getting fed or they're missing school all the time or dad's passed out drunk on a regular basis like those are reasons but you know more extra trips to you know five trips to mcdonald's rather than a healthy meal is not a reason and that's interesting because that's still the way you laid that out it still sounds like it is skewed to the women having more custody though because you say like the judge is like, well, if dad's willing to do this and dad's willing to do that. And again, we're talking like a heterosexual relationship. So is that the case though? No, I, I think it's more, e- it's moving more towards equal. Um, Like if they're arguing about it, like in some situations you still see like the, the husband agrees that the children should be with the, the, the mom more because of his work schedule or, you know, just other issues. And so in those ones that happens, but when they're both wanting 50, 50, it's usually happening. And I've seen some very, very, what I've as a mother myself find sad situations where, um, you know, women who have young babies say that are nine or 10 months old, and they're still nursing their babies and dad wants to have overnights and things like that and I've seen the courts giving dads the overnights and in in essence forcing like an early weaning of the baby and you know as a mom who breastfed both her children like that for me just tears out my heart because I find that to be I don't agree with that line of thinking but there's there's research out there that the judges are relying on that says that um, if dad has been involved with the baby that having that bond in that time and that care, caregiver time is more important mm-hmm. than having just the attachment to the one primary caregiver and you know, I'm not an expert in any of that kind of stuff, but it to me, it just fundamentally does seem wrong. Um, and it, I feel like that is harmful to, uh, you know, a, a baby or an infant. But uh, as you say, there's research saying that it's not and courts are going with that. That is a really, really tricky one. I'm certainly no expert either, sad. but I completely agree with you, Leanne. Like I would side with that too, because I mean, I'm, I also breastfed both my children and it had nothing to do with my husband not being capable of bottle feeding or, and, you know, loving and cuddling our babies, um, as well. But I think there's like more research also to show, you know, the health benefits of breastfeeding if you can, and that bonding with the mother is so natural and so necessary and, you know, unfortunately, some women don't have that ability. But I, I don't know, like, that's a really tricky one. Yeah. It's like your personal plan for your baby. Like, yeah. I'm gonna stop at this time. And then if somebody else like an outside old judge is like, no, you're doing it now. It's like, whoa, this is my personal decision. And and also that's just really being sad. a woman too. like, excuse me, I just carried that human yeah. for nine months. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I do kind of feel like 
as the mother who carried the child, you do have more entitlement. So I do side with you. But I think it all just comes down to the individual, right? Like if you are good people, if you're loving and caring parents, um, you know, and you have the ability and capabilities to care for a baby and an infant at that stage, then, you know, there should be the opportunity. But maybe... For me, I would hope that it could be like, okay, well, you can stay as late as you want with me, um, but I need to like be here. Like I need to be the one that's getting up and doing the breastfeeding or whatever the case may be. Like I don't, I wouldn't want my child being taken out of the home where I'm at. So that is a really, really challenging one. And it's good to know that for people listening, like if they're in that situation, like there is a chance that that could happen to them if they have a you know a young baby yeah and that's where if they can just work together mm-hmm. as a couple you know like and get be amicable and work together and not have some judge deciding it you know that's the ideal do people get creative like all right i'm breastfeeding so you can have the baby like i don't know from 10 p.m on like are, are they creative in terms of what makes um kind of like what makes them each happy or uh for the agreements like okay i have you went monday wednesday thursday or whatever yeah some people are like that and that's the ideal right be flexible be creative right like work together rather than against each other and don't mm-hmm. view your child as property to be argued over i mean you know and there there are lots of people who are able to put their differences aside and do what's right for their child but unfortunately not everyone is like that I just think when you get to that stage, like you said, if it's gone on for so long and now everybody is so angry and resentful and spiteful, you know, how can the emotions not take over? Because it's your opportunity to almost kind of like get back at that person. And again, maybe I'm pulling this from what I see on TV, but I just knowing my own personality, if I felt wronged or hurt or betrayed, like, I don't know if I would be able to be super amicable and like super flexible and I don't think I would ever do anything like in regards to the children because I believe that they need both parents in their lives especially since my husband's a great dad but um I don't know like I just don't know how I would act I think I would be it might you might change your mind after if he did something so bad you're like yeah well I know what hurts you the most like you're not getting your kids which I guess people do right Yeah, people do and they get blinded by their emotions and they don't, people view, like for instance, infidelity, people view that as an affront on the family, including the children, rather than just looking at it like my spouse cheated on me, that's directed at me and has nothing to do with the children. They feel like, no, you undermined our whole family, you broke up our whole family and they view it as harming the children and being directed at the children as well. I mean... This whole thing, this whole conversation has been so informative. I know you answered a lot of our questions. You debunked a lot of misconceptions and and gave a lot of good information here. So I I hope anyone listening doesn't need the advice because, of course, divorce is still at the end of the day. You know, like... you, you hope it's good, but sometimes it can be really tough. So um, I think the, the leave home from this... St- episode would be to be educated you know talk to a professional don't just try to perform your own legal uh counsel yeah yeah (laughs) perform your own counsel any last minute tips that you want to send our listeners off if they're facing divorce um just to always like try and take the emotion out as much as possible 
view it as a, a make business decisions and always, always, always put the interests of your children first. Yeah, that's great. And I hope that anybody that might be in that situation can take what you've said and, and really listen. And just a, another point, I think wh- what we talked about earlier on is maybe consider doing some marriage or pre-marriage yeah. counseling and make sure like this is exactly what you want and this is who you want and, you know, think forward that you are going to change. If you're 25 now, you know, obviously we can't predict who we're going to be at 50 or 60, but just consider that those changes will happen. And if you think... It will be different regardless. Yeah, like once our children move on and they're living their own lives, like do we have a plan for us as a couple and how to maintain um, being a couple during those times when you're pulled in a hundred different directions? Like I've heard a saying that you never stop dating when you're married because... That is how you kind of keep that like fire going. Um, And I try and practice that in my marriage. Uh, Sometimes it's definitely hard. But yeah, I think that we've learned so much and so thankful to you, Leanne, for taking the time to chat with us. One last thing, Leanne, I wanted to ask you, and if it's too personal, don't answer. But um, as a divorce lawyer, are you like jaded against relationships? Not at all. Uh, You know, as I was touching upon earlier, I'm still a romantic at heart. I believe in true love and soulmates. And even though I'm still single, I still believe I'm going to find my, you know, true love and soulmate. And so I totally still believe in love and marriage. So there you go from a divorce lawyer. Amazing. (laughs) That's great news. (laughs) Well, thanks, Leanne. Tell our listeners where they can find you. Yes, the best place to find me is uh, on my website, which is www.leannetownsend.ca. That my firm website is uh, www.btlegal.ca, and I'm all over social media. Uh, Instagram, Leanne Townsend Life is my biggest platform, um, but you can find me at any of these places. Amazing, thank you. And as always, you can follow us at Herspective underscore podcast, and please remember to rate, review, and subscribe, especially if you love this episode and. And Leanne, just list your podcast one more time because people may want to check it's you out. It's Divorcing too. Well, and you can find it on all platforms where, you know, you podcasts are uh, in terms of iTunes, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and, and lots of others. Amazing. Amazing. Well, again, thank you so much. Thanks, Leanne. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.